Hello everybody and welcome to Brumwagoon and for the sixth season in a row you will not get there on a road bike not only with that at least how you doing people here it's completely fine and can't wait to present you the first episode of the season and as you know usually first episodes for the Brumwagoon are with people that I really value a lot people that I like to be the debut of into the season the debut into the season it was actually leo rogers by the way all the positive vibes to leo that a few months ago got a really bad accident breaking his neck breaking his neck and uh, now he's actually trying to go into rehab and uh, making the best of his situation finger crossed with you huge hugs to you brother hopefully everything is going to be really back on the saddle pretty soon Leah Rogers was a few years ago, last year was Alan's show, especially after we met a few, let's say, a uh, month before uh, for a little interview for a magazine that I was working at the moment for writing an article. And then I decided actually that this message of uh, positivity, of inclusivity, of passion and happiness was worth it to be the first episode of the season. And this season also is going to be another person that I value a lot. It's Philly Newmark, uh, who really as well with all these uh, amazing vibes and creativity and positive attitude is really moving from one side of, to the other of the cycling scene and also working into making cycling a bit more... Uh, I would say, I would not say palatable, but you know what I mean, right? Cycling a bit more accessible for sure, thanks to his content production. And we talked exactly about that into the interview that you're gonna listen today. But as I was telling you last time, remember this podcast is coming to you completely independent this year. So down in the description below, you will find my coffee link. And if you want, and if you can, please drop uh some of your change there is going to help me keep on producing this podcast especially with everything that all the costs that you need to put on top of it in order to yeah create this content and then the hosting i mean just if you want to support me you know that this is one way and another way that is completely free is just subscribe or rate or comment on any on this podcast and if you want you can also share it it's also super appreciated the more we are the better it is of course and another thing that i was actually mentioning in the trailer of this podcast together with my guest at that time pretty similar voices that i heard already is actually the way that i try to introduce new charities every time that an episode is gonna go live Bikey Geese is always into my heart and I will keep on supporting it with a project also that is coming together pretty soon. You will know something soon again. Uh, but I just want to introduce something else and something new. Every single episode. Causes that I support personally. This time is the case of UNICEF and uh, the support... How do you say actually? UNICEF is such an Italian way of saying it. UNICEF? You know what I mean. The International Support for Kids. Well, now they are really putting a lot of effort to give support to kids and young families that were affected by the huge earthquake that happened in Syria and Turkey. Turkey. Turkey is not actually a word anymore. Turkey, in the German way, I would say in this way. Well, they are really trying to support young 
people and their families in two different ways actually one way is in syria where they were really also super affected by the war that is actually happening there uh for a long time now and uh, actually the main topic that they're doing there and trying to help people with water uh, setting up water supplies for everybody there and that's where your money are gonna go if you donate while in turkey is more or less same thing but also psychological support for people that and kids that lost their family in this huge disaster so link below again the link to the website where unicef is really working where you can donate directly for this cause if you want to do it just give a little thought and uh, also to me and uh, this is gonna be great together we're gonna support this amazing cause last couple of things that i want to say we talked a lot with finley about filmography and uh, content production and video production well ryan legarek a director that i really appreciate a lot apart from being a personal friend is almost there to release an amazing film Check out into the social media, Instagram, Ryan Legarek, down the description below. You can find the link and check out and keep your eyes peeled because this is really good. I watched it already. It's worth it and it's amazing. Then in the social media of Albion, you will find a film or a small video that we talked a lot about during the interview with Finley. Well, there you're gonna find a little portrait of Marin. I mean, super talented Marin that lives in Lausanne and won a few nice ultra endurance races, apart from being an amazing guy. Well, it's really worth it as well. It's a production from Finlay and it's really cool. You can find it there. And as well, into the Instagram account of Finley, you will find also some of the photos and some of the short videos that he's producing now that he has been staying in Kenya for a bit of time. Else, yes, I have something else. YouTube channel of the Broomwagon podcast down in the description below, you will find the link. Yes, because I also have a YouTube channel. We have been recording something cool together with Becky Waters from dotwatchers.com and is not.com. I made this mistake also in the first recording. Becky Waters from dotwatcher.cc and Josh Ibbett, you all know him. You will find there, together with me, we recorded a couple of uh, live podcasts, let's say, where we talked about the ultra endurance race scene and in particular about the Atlas Mountain race before and after link down in the description below is an amazing chat i really love talking with these people and putting together some thoughts and some opinion and discussing about stuff that usually you are not listening around it's interesting it's nice if you have any idea or any feedback comment or send me a short message broomwagon podcast on the instagram or calamaro cc just let me know i think that's it let's jump into the conversation with finley so everybody, first episode of the season number six of the Broom Wagon, and man, I mean, I'm more than honored of having here with me Finley Newmark. Is it right? I mean, I actually spelled everything correct. I think I made a lot of mess. No, no, no. Finley Newmark is that's 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 my name. <laughs> that's great. That's, that's great. Me. I think it's the first time in my life that Thank I don't you. misspell stuff. Thanks a lot for being here, man. <laughs> 
Yeah, thank you very much for having me on, Stefano. It's uh, yeah, I've I've listened to many of your podcasts, and it's it's nice to finally be on it. <laughs> no, I mean it's super nice. I mean, let me put everything in perspective there for the listeners. Uh, I met first time Finley. It was I don't remember if it was Grinduro or Gravel Epic, and we're talking about twenty twenty one. Yes, uh, you were there with the Amani people. Yeah, 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 yeah. I remember I was there with the Amani people, um, or the team. Uh, and you had written something in the the Alven, Alvento magazine. Yes, Alvento and, magazine. Uh, I should have it here yeah, somewhere. Yeah, we were looking at it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was um, we were sitting around eating dinner on the top of in a very picturesque place. Um, and uh, you came over to say hi. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, I remember that I ended over the um, the new the magazine. Uh, I mean, I think I ended this over because uh, Michael was already, I mean, Michael, I think that they just, he escorted you there and then he left. And then I ended over to Sule. And I remember that that night Sule forgot it. And then I have to give it to him the day after. <laughs> Absolutely remember it. Uh, we actually, um, Michael, we left from Geneva and we bikepacked there with, uh, with Marin. Uh, and then Michael came to pick us up and then we kind of... Uh, we got the train back um but yeah no that was that was a great trip great trip it was amazing but, yeah so yeah we met there then we met again in grain uh, at grain duro and i think it's also their mm-hmm. lovely chat and then last time it was now that i was out there in east anglia for the the further east <laughs> it was also another great adventure uh, adventure and experience completely there. different setting yeah completely different setting um it was uh yeah, that was a great race. I mean, I was I was there along with um, Albion to shoot some short form video stuff around the race, and you were there live or not live podcasting, but podcasting along with the race, and uh, created a real, sort of slightly different angle to uh, to what most ultra races are are putting out. <laughs> I mean, it's something that I can remember, and then we're going to talk also about the content that we produced there. But it was then. Um... Valis 21, we're talking about the Gravel Epic, Valis 21, it was, I think, September, but and 2,000 meters, more or less, of elevation, and it was, for sure, warmer than September in UK, I was freezing there, I remember I arrived there in my shorts, and then I said, no, it's not gonna work, <laughs> but yeah, this I remember, the weather was quite thicker, I mean, in UK, for sure. Yeah. And we were all camping as well, which was, uh, which actually it added so much to the experience, um, being around the fire with everyone and then camping and, but yeah, it's, uh, it was cold for sure. <laughs> it was cold. I was there with Josh as well. Another thing that I will never forget. I mean, I'm talking about the, the further east. I was there with Josh. I mean, Josh Shibet, ultra endurance racer, for sure. Somebody who is really, I mean, really close to everything that he means. Um, being sleep deprived and really tired or whatever, we ended up these two days of camping and following the race. I remember he arriving at his house and he was actually lying on the sofa without the possibility of moving. I'm so tired. I'm so tired. So it was tiring. Yeah. You guys did a bigger shift than us though. You, um, you really put in uh, a big, a big night. And um, whereas <laughs> I think me, uh, Jack and Rupert from Albion, we, uh, we, we dip back into our tents at a, at a reasonable time. Um, <laughs> it was nice. It was really, really nice. I mean, one of the experiences yeah. that I remember the most, it was my fourth race following for, so it, I was following for the first time a race with my podcast 
And I mean, I was at Silk Road Mountain Race, I was at Atlas Mountain Race, I was in a shorter race, the Inferno Race here in Switzerland. But that one, even if it was just three days, it was probably the most tiring. I think that this also goes together with myself being a bit older, but it was super intense. Anyways, I loved it. I mean, it, it was, a, it was a, a sight that I hadn't seen before, someone running along with a microphone chasing riders on a hill to try and get a comment about how they were feeling. So you're putting in some you're putting in some serious work trying to keep up with them. <laughs> that's true. That's true. I didn't think about that. But yeah, usually I mean longer races you are there waiting for people in the middle of a climb, they stop because they know that it's gonna be a long effort or whatever. I mean, further east is just a super short ride and uh, mm. race, I would say. And people are not so keen of stopping, so you have to follow them or really trying to get any word from them before they need to start again and finish the race. Yeah. 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 So yeah. Finley. Tell me more about you. I mean, we, I seems like I feel like I talked a lot. Now we'll let you the stage. So the show is yours. Who is Finley? <laughs> uh, that's a good question. Um, I'm still young, so to to some extent, I don't really know. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I uh, I basically grew up uh, grew up racing on the track and the road. Um, I uh loved it and i had the dream of sort of becoming a professional cyclist um chased that for a while uh got got myself onto uh trinity racing which was a continental racing team in the uk with the the aim to develop riders up onto the world tour stage uh so everything was going to plan super famous people were there right yeah i mean we're talking really about yeah. tom pitcock camera mason we're talking about cool things and you as well yeah yeah i think uh yeah, it's like um, Ben Turner, uh, Ben Turner, Ben Healy, Tom Glogue, um, Luke Clamperty, uh, Tom Pickcock. Like all of these guys are now on World Tour teams. So it's like, <laughs> actually, I'm not sure Luke is, but anyway, the they, um, you know, it's it, it was a, a tried and tested, and it was uh, it was a good um, it's a good team if you wanted to step up, uh, but. COVID hit and I kind of, um, it almost, uh, fast forward like this realization to the fact that I didn't really enjoy racing that much. I didn't enjoy the, the pressures, uh, in and around it. I didn't enjoy the lifestyle that it required. Um, and so I made the decision to stop racing and, or, or stop racing on the road or pursuing the, the world tour, world tour career. Uh, that happened kind of early on in 2021 uh and then yeah 2021 it's really it's those years are very blurry absolutely <laughs> um but uh yeah and and it was kind of early on in the year but i had the rest of the year on the team so um uh i basically was offered very very kindly um and I was very lucky to have the opportunity to to take up some gravel races, and that was beneficial for both the the sponsors of the team, um, like SRAM, Specialized, Zip. They were all super happy to have a rider on this um, development team, sort of take an alternative path um, and and show off their equipment in in other uh, other types of the other disciplines. Um, and so yeah, I went to the migration gravel race in june 2021 and then from there i've just been like slowly getting more and more uh interested in the kind of the adventure cycling uh sector 
Um, and to the extent now where I'm like, you know, adventures don't necessarily need a bike to, to, to enjoy uh, just being outside. And it's kind of the reason why I started riding was just being able to spend large chunks of time outside. And uh, yeah, I'll do that in whatever shape or form it, it, it comes to me at, at this point. Um, and I'm loving riding more than, more than I ever have uh, now. That's so, yeah. nice. That's super nice. Let's take a tiny bit over there. So, I mean, how bicycle then? And then, of course, with bicycles, a lot of things are unlocked. You were talking about adventure. You were talking about being outdoor. And anyways, but still, bicycle is a big part still of your life. But how bicycle arrived into your life? Uh, bicycles, you're right. The bike is the single biggest thing in my life. Like, there's nothing... Um, there's nothing that takes up more of my time um, <laughs> apart from sleep, maybe. <laughs> um, is it a good time? It's a good thing, though. Well, it is, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's okay. a great thing. It's a great thing, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, very happy about that. Um, but, yeah, it came into my life. I, I was always into sport. Um, I played uh, rugby. I swam. I played tennis. I Yeah, I was always, always – I did lots of running. Um i was always into sport um but then I, i it was my dad that did a charity ride he started getting into cycling and so we rode a few times together and i just really got into it and it was the olympics actually that made me realize that it could be something more than just um family holiday time um and so i yeah went to the test event at For, for for the olympics and uh to, to watch <laughs> of course of course <laughs> um and and um got obsessed with it and luckily we live near uh, a place called hernhill velodrome um which is an outdoor velodrome it's 450 meters um and there is just a, the most amazing community of people who uh get people on bikes um they inspire them and then there's a platform in which to take riders all the way up to the highest level in in national racing um if you want to and if not you can enjoy your friday evening pedaling around outdoor in, in the sun and and not have anybody sort of telling you what to do so it's it it it, it was it was the, sort of the velodrome and the community there and the rides out on the road from there and meeting lots of older people meeting lots of people who were further down the line in this process of trying to become a cyclist that was what got me into cycling and that's what gave me this sense of adventure and independence that um inspired me to take it on as like a a, a project um at such a young age because i just yeah i just loved it that's nice uh, something that actually you mentioned slightly before it's that at a certain point for sure you were really on a ramp so really ready to ramp up your career in cycling and as a pro cyclist in world tour but then i mean with covid and with everything related to that but also with changing a bit the angle in life probably it was you understood that was not the right place for you because of pressure and everything i mean this was now i'm super happy of having this conversation because i know that still bicycle is still in your life but on the other side by that time you were in the situation where you thought, okay, probably it's time for me to move over and to do something else apart from bikes, or you were already looking actively to make still bicycle the bigger part of your life, but in a different way. Yeah, so I, it's a good question. I, I, I'm so glad now that, that I didn't get to a point 
or I didn't push myself to a point in which I hated bikes or ride the the, the act of riding um, so much that I didn't see um, this opportunity to do it in a different way. Uh, I'm very grateful for the fact that, yeah, I made that decision early enough to be like, you know what, there's so much out there to explore. You still using a bike, but just in a different way. Um, and it was it was kind of the transition from going um, going from like I say this community in Hernhill and uh, this um, group of people that I grew up with uh, all going on these long rides at the weekends all um, kind of going traveling around the country even over to Europe uh, to do some some of these very obscure events you know these little belgian commerce set up for for young riders to sort of just absolutely destroy themselves at it was it was it just felt very adventurous and new and 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 uh you were doing it with close friends and it was just a lot of fun and it went from that to kind of um a lot of solo rides a lot of efforts lap pressing the lap button pressing the kind of like getting home from training and not 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 wanting to do anything other than keep your feet feet up and um stretching gym sessions uh traveling to interesting places but not seeing any of it just sort of racing in these interesting places and then leaving on a on a flight the next day um and i very i very quickly realized um that actually uh this attracted um some some interesting people you know there were there were some interesting characters but but it was no longer kind of like time spent with friends it was no longer a social activity it it started to feel like work um before i was even getting paid you know um and that's not a requirement that that wasn't a requirement i wasn't wanting to be paid for my work but i realized i wasn't enjoying it because of that um and um so yeah i i I I wanted to find a way that I could keep that um, sense of community, the sense of adventurous or the sense of adventure, um, whilst whilst uh, whilst being able to ride the same or yeah, sometimes more than I was when I was training. Um, and adventure cycling is just that. It's it's it combines all of those things that I that I loved from my youth um, and just sort of packages it in a in an adult form rather than a a uh a child sort of like um school holiday form i don't know if that makes sense but <laughs> i absolutely understand what you mean i mean because it's not only about what you are doing because as you were saying bicycle is still there you're still spending long hours on the bike probably still you have some uh, mental fatigue by cycling and also physical fatigue by cycling but it's the spirit and that's why it's this um, school holiday spirit that you were saying. Something like being out there just in order to absorb and enjoy whatever you have outside of you and not only with the goal of doing something or pushing your limits just to win something, right? Exactly, exactly. And and like I said, there's, there is a certain type of person that the competitive atmosphere attracts and I didn't get on with that's so well i mean i'm very competitive myself but i i struggled with the constant atmosphere of competitiveness even when we weren't on the bike um that it just it just had it was just a constant 
strange to be in and around people that were always trying to be um one one step better than you are or one step better than another team are and um yeah I I, I didn't fit into that I don't think uh, and I realized that very quickly when I was kind of suggesting these slightly more adventurous rides from our team house in in Belgium and and everybody sort of turning it down because they wanted to get their efforts done on the canal the same canal that we'd ridden on every single day for the last month and I was kind of like <laughs> come on guys like surely there's uh there's something out there that you want to go see you know like there's, there's all these cobbled climbs and interesting places and stuff that we're we're in and around and uh yeah they were very focused on their on their training and and I, and I have a lot of respect for that I have a lot of respect for the guys that could that have made it and uh have been able to turn it into their um their job because because I couldn't yeah I, I couldn't entertain myself with that. yeah I know what you mean I do remember I was reading a quote oh, I do remember I mean a couple of days ago and they were saying something like it for to be a pro cyclist you don't need ah uh, I don't remember what was the sentence but you need discipline and that's exactly what it is I mean you need to really have it's not only about discipline of course it's there but you really need only the focus on one direction because I mean it's so tiring you're spending really if most of your day of your life on a bike and the rest of the day of your life supporting this bicycle thing because if you're not riding your bike you need to go to the gym in order to support your muscles on that or doing your stretching or eating your vegetables or uh, sleeping or laying down it's a lot of i mean i think it's a lot of things that you need to carry on your shoulders yeah and i, I think also at, at at the age of sort of 16 17 when supposedly you're meant you you sort of People say you're not making a decision, but you you really are. Like you're deciding not to go to to to, to parties or to to go out or to to, um, to uh, socialize quite as much. And you're deciding to wake up early and go on your rides and stuff. So you are making those conscious decisions. But to decide that you um, are gonna live your life in that way, um, you know, I was I was I I would I like to think that I was far too curious to about the other elements of of life i'm not necessarily a, a party goer but <laughs> but i i was far too curious about other places in the world other hobbies and it, it, sort of creating a creative uh creating a creative um <laughs> makes sense <laughs> creating a um uh yeah a creative out outlet that i could um uh show some photography and video work that just wasn't gonna happen if I was trying to be a world tour racer, you just can't, you can't do both. Um, and I would, I, I would love to say you can, but, but from my, in my experience, I couldn't. Um, so yeah, it, uh, it was a, it was a wise decision looking back. I'm very happy. Yeah. yeah. Uh, let me ask you one thing that is not actually, is not belonging, actually nothing that we're talking about is belonging to our plan, but, um, being a pro cyclist means because you are most of the time doing that thing. I mean, chasing the dream, it means also taking a bit uh, of time out of your, I mean, school effort or education. What did you study? What's your education, Philly? So I went to, um, went all the way up to uh, sixth form, which is like, uh, I don't know, I was, um, I think it's 16, 17, 18, mm -hmm. around that yeah. age. Um, 
and I didn't go to university, but I studied um, sport uh, as a BTEC, which is like a, um, don't, don't really know how to explain it, uh, but it's it's a slightly more practical um, okay. uh, uh, course rather than, um, or like coursework more than final exams. Um, and then geography as an A-level, which is more exam-based um, at uh, at sixth form. So all the traditional um, uh, school. And then uh, I studied, yeah, those two, those two subjects until I was about 18. Um, and then from there, no, no formal education. I was pretty keen to get out of it, um, both to benefit my cycling, um, but also because I just didn't like, I, I think even now I wouldn't enjoy uh, that, f the, the f formal education. It just doesn't suit the way that I, I learn. I don't think uh, I'm, I'm quite, I'm quite, I'm, I'm dyslexic. I don't know if that feeds into it, but um, yeah, I definitely have a different way of, of learning to, to to the way school suggested was the best way. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think I can uh, completely understand. You look like, I mean, I don't know you on this aspect, but you look like a person that really, in order to learn something, needs to do something, and needs to have a goal of doing that thing. We're having this little, yeah, exactly. Yeah. We're having this little tiny conversation about tools and photography tools, camera and stuff. I mean, before off records, and you were telling me exactly about that. That how actually you can, I mean, how you learned how to use different cameras by actually putting your hands on something a bit more mechanical, and that's why I actually kind of synced with your thoughts on saying, okay. Seems like it's learning by doing is quite a thing. Also, because it's the same thing that I, the same way that I'm learning. I mean, I cannot just learn for. Yeah. I mean, I love to study. Don't get me wrong, but I cannot only learn for the sake of learning. And most of the time, I learn on the go. So, being live in podcasts, I learned how to make podcasts, for example. <laughs> yes. Yeah. No. Definitely. I, I I can listen to as many uh, audiobooks. I can read as many bits of information. But until my 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 fingers have done it then <laughs> then I don't know I don't really know what I'm doing um so yeah I, I very much like just playing around with things and and then um I don't I, I, I have a inability to read an instruction manual um <laughs> I just have to break something before I realize how it works <laughs> which which sounds sounds interesting but it, it's not a good it's not a good trick <laughs> absolutely you know what let me tell you this is really this as i was saying i'm pretty similar to you in these things i need to do things before learning because while learning because otherwise it doesn't work and that's actually probably my bigger my biggest blocker of myself learning german i have been living and working in german-speaking countries now for eight years and still, my German is a taxi driver level. I mean, for me, talking with taxi driver. Why? Because every time that I go out, I try to speak German and people understand that I'm a foreigner and they talk to me here in Switzerland, also in Italian, otherwise in English. And then I cannot practice my German. This means that actually I cannot practice it. And so my German level, it's quite low. While on the other side, as soon, I mean, when I lived in Spain or the, time, the little times that I go to France, you go there, you speak French or you speak Spanish, people are anyways trying to help you out or anyways they are probably lazy instead of talking another language. And then they are challenging me on using that language and so I can learn it. So I can tell you that even if I never lived in French-speaking country, my French is way better than my German. It's crazy. <laughs> that's, the, um, that's the problem with being English is the fact that uh, you go anywhere and um, everybody speaks English. So there's for me, there's... You know, it 
I, I struggle with learning languages, but but it's it's it also makes me lazy because I'm like, you know what, I can get by on English. Um, and so, uh, yeah, I, I, I would like to learn another language at some point in my life, but it's very, um, very tempting not to when people talk to you in your own language. Yeah, you put your effort in somewhere else. Let's get back then to that migration gravel race. That is, it was probably the link of a lot of things. It was actually probably also the link between the two of us, because as you were saying, I was writing an article uh, about it in Alvento, but... Migration Gravel Race 2021, it was probably a lot of first times, right? It was your first time with the gravel adventure, uh, I mean, race. It was your first time meeting the team Amani. And it's pro it was probably your first time, the first time that you really wrapped your head around producing some content. Tell me more about that. Yeah, so, I mean, I got, I got it was this sort of crazy, um, the team manager signed me up. Uh, it was actually Cameron Mason's um, gig. He was meant to be uh, heading out to the Migration Gravel Race uh, when the year started, but um, he broke his elbow. So I was called up. Um, and uh, yeah, I got, it, I'd never ridden off road. Um, I'd only ever ridden on the road and track. Crazy. Uh, and I hadn't, I hadn't actually ridden the bike, the bike that I was going to ride at the Migration. I got it sort of um within a week before leaving and there was so much other stuff sort of vaccines and um all this kind of just yeah covid tests you know going to a new place like that you've there's, there's loads of uh interesting loopholes not loopholes uh red tape or i don't know how to explain it but there, a lot of things that you need to do before you go yeah. to, to to the mass omara um and uh i didn't get to ride my bike my shoes arrived the night before i left um so yeah i arrived i arrived in kenya and i really didn't uh didn't know what to expect um i was there the kind of agreement with the team was that i could go as long as i made a um uh some videos about the trip and updated the social medias and stuff and i was very open to that because i'd already been um experimenting with some video uh um you know i was making videos i've always i've always been uh loved uh playing around with photography and video uh making little films about holiday trips that us as a family gone on um nothing they haven't gone anywhere but i just enjoyed the fact that there was this uh visual um uh memory that we could we that, that i could have uh i think my sisters also enjoyed that sort of thing um and so yeah i had this interest and had started to experiment with it um earlier that year and so the team knew that i could make a video uh they were aware that it was like within my capability but it was far you know there's one thing making a video about a training ride there's another thing making a video about a four-day stage race in kenya uh where you're camping between stages and um you're riding a gravel bike that you've never ridden before so i felt quite out of my depth um which was good i learned a lot but anyway yeah i arrived with this sort of fancy uh specialized um uh diverge with an unreleased shram explore group set on it, it they were they were like i they'd obviously put it on, i think they put it on my bike because no one's gonna look at my bike because i was getting dropped <laughs> um, <laughs> okay 
but yeah, it was it, it was unreleased. Um, and uh, I remember arriving and Ian Boswell looking at it, and he was like, "Oh, like you've got the, the new Shram group set on there. Like, how'd you get hold of that?" And I was like, "I, I, I don't know. <laughs> I just <laughs> like, been writing it." <laughs> um, yeah, and, and I think I got this sort of very um, uh, un. Um, Warrant, uh, like I, I didn't deserve any of the credibility that I got when I turned up in my Trinity kit. I was there in this sort of um, professional kit with all these sponsors plastered on it because I'd been a road rider earlier that year. And I was obviously still racing for Trinity. And I think everybody thought I was going to be great. And I wasn't. Um, I was, I was uh, just no clue what I was doing. <laughs> anyway, uh, the race was the race was incredible. The experience was incredible. I met uh, Sule, um, which was an incredible privilege, um, and uh, all of the other Amani riders uh, had some long chats with Michael, um, some good chats with Ian Boswell, um, and kind of um, realised that there's this whole other world out there for 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 cyclists it, it's not like the, the conversations that we had around the fire at the migration gravel race were better than the last five years of conversations with other racers uh, wow. in the road scene um and it was four days like I, I i like there were some such interesting people there you know there were people like e every evening it was all the competitors sitting around a fire talking. Uh, whereas you go to a road race, um, a stage race in France, say, and you're there with the same seven guys that you live with all year round. And you kind of like sit on separate tables to other teams. You know, no one's chatting about mm -hmm. anything constructive and everybody's sort of just, it's a standoff kind of between the, between the teams. Whereas this was a complete, it was completely opposite. Everybody just wanted to chat to as many people as possible. Uh, and talk about what on earth brought them to the Masai Mara in a year of COVID. So, yeah, came away from that totally inspired. Uh, and I think pretty much there and then I decided I'm, I'm done with the whole road racing scene. Uh, I'm not, uh, there's, there's, there's nothing there. It, it's only going to get more and more serious. So there's nothing really there for me. Um, and uh, that was really liberating. I was I was very excited about what's to come. And from there, it sort of just snowballed. I uh, said yes to any opportunity to go anywhere. I, I kind of yeah came to Switzerland to to Michael from from Team Imani asked me, oh, do you want to come take some photos of a bikepacking trip I have planned for our guys? Went over, slept in his basement in in his wine wine. Uh, wine cellar almost that makes it sound glamorous it, in its cellar um, it's, it's basically a basement and, was, and that's it i mean yeah with some yeah, wine in it yeah uh, yeah exactly it's a basement and i was uh yeah sule slept next to me joffrey and john in another room uh and then nancy upstairs it was um you know uh, we weren't bikepacking the next day i had no idea what was going on um never been bikepacking before but there i was taking photos of these guys doing a trip up to a gravel race and yeah i was i just said yes to everything anything and everything sense. and um it uh it was a fun it was a fun second half of the year i really really enjoyed it um so yeah that's sort of how it all 
how it all started yeah i mean and then after that yeah uh you basically discontinued your contract with uh with trinity right and then uh last year came along because i mean then this was the end of 2021 then 2022 came along uh, 2022 came along with a lot of other projects a lot of other things yeah i mean i talk about it as if it was a long time ago but it really wasn't i think it's just i think it's just weird looking back because i was in a completely different mindset this time two years ago um and so that to me is very odd looking back thinking that's that's only two years ago yeah um but uh but yeah i i i ended my contract with the team um it was kind of i think it was both both sides knew what was going to happen you know it was pretty obvious that <laughs> that i was no longer um chasing a world tour contract and that was basically what the team was based it was set up for um and so that was very they made it extremely easy and continued to give me opportunities after i said that to them i mean i went to the us to race the belgium waffle race um waffle ride um you know they they sent me out there even even after i said i was leaving the team so they could see a mutual benefit like it was mutually beneficial i was making videos they were pleasing sponsors and you know it was uh, it was a good end to the year um so yeah 2022 rolled around and i tried to set myself up um and set myself up a few few of my own sponsors a few opportunities to go to some cool places uh i had the idea that i would be racing gravel with you um but that quickly kind of changed and i realized that that was almost um a nicotine patch for uh um for the road racing uh it was kind of like oh yeah i'm still a racer i was trying to convince myself i was still a racer uh at heart but actually um you know gravel road in terms of the pressure you can put on yourself and the the competitiveness it's relatively it's relatively similar um, absolutely so uh i veered slightly more in the direction of uh bikepacking um and not taking the racing too seriously in the second half of the year and yeah yeah now we're here that's perfect i mean yeah i, c I could also exactly see the evolution that we're going to talk about actually now one second again the evolution of uh, you as a cyclist i mean by following you by knowing you actually as i was saying uh, i actually um so you notice you when I was making the research for the article and I started seeing, okay, this guy on the Trinity kit riding anyways, super decently hard uh, in something that is of course an event, but it's an, a, still a race, but I can understand for you people. I mean, I talked with a lot of people that were at that race uh, in that kind of situation because I mean, for the articles, but also in the future. And anyways, this was what it was, what it was. I mean, it was a race, but still also a different way of uh, socializing as well. And then, I mean, some, I mean, Finley riding in his Trinity kit uh, with the Trinity bicycle and moving fast on that. Then I remember that at the end of the year when you make the shift on a bit more gravel racing and adventure uh, i remember that we had another, another couple of talks by chatting and you were telling me that yes you were still there still maybe chasing the gravel rider racing but with your personal sponsors and then after that i saw actually you now by the end of this year i don't know correct me if i'm wrong you don't have at the moment um a bike sponsor that is that's usually what it makes you probably a pro cyclist or whatever you want to call it but somebody is paid for only riding the bike so i actually was checking on your instagram i was seeing on your stories that actually now you have your 
titanium bike and this makes you really an adventure uh, but that's actually the evolution not anymore really pro cyclists or racer but a bit more into cycling but a bit more in the adventure world and in the idea of making your own thing cycling wise yeah yeah definitely i uh, like i said uh, i mean i i mentioned at the start i i still don't um know exactly the the exact like direction in which i feel i'm heading in um but so far just trusting my uh instinct and feeling has has done well you know i've i've gone to cool places and experienced great things so um i'm very like grateful for everything that's happened uh in the last few years but um yeah for now i'm sort of keeping myself very flexible in terms of um bike uh sponsor per se uh i've got this new gloria titanium bike which which is being kindly lent to me for 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 this year um and uh i you know i i i don't want to force myself to race anything but actually you know if a race comes along like i might i i'm planning on riding down to 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 tracker um uh, maybe maybe from london maybe maybe from geneva um and uh yeah like i'll race that fine you know i've no pressure i'll 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 um jump on the start line and i, I still like pushing myself i still like like I, I every now and then when i'm out on the bike i sort of I press the lap button and I sort of lean into a bit of an effort and, and I, and I enjoy that. Um, and, uh, so I'm not, um, going to be black and white with it, but equally in no way am I going to call myself a bike racer. You know, I'm, 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 I, I'm much more interested in progressing my, uh, photography and videography abilities and spending more time, uh, learning that craft, um, for the next few years. But, it would be nice to know that I've maintained a fitness level that means that I can still ride with my friends that are now world tour. Uh, I can still um, bike pack for two weeks just off the cuff with no kind of uh, preparation um, other than just the riding that I'm doing. I like the fact that, that I'm, I'm a strong rider when I go out, you know, I, Absolutely. I, I don't want to lose that. Yeah. Um, it's, I take pride in it for sure. Um, yeah. Yeah. How long are you riding? So are you still riding every day and how long are you riding every day? Uh, so it's difficult. It goes in, it goes in periods. So I, I, I made, uh, it, it, yeah, it comes, comes and goes. I'm kind of allowing myself, um, uh, to, you know, if there's, if there's a lot of things going on, I don't, I don't ride as much, but it's usually, um, 10 to 15 hours a week okay. uh, of riding. Super solid. Um, so yeah, yeah yeah definitely but but then there was there's some weeks obviously where I, i i just decide you know what i'm gonna ride a lot this week and then there's quite a few weeks where it's just like there's no riding at all my 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 um my kind of progress progress line on on kind of activity tracking sites is like you know it's, it's a it's a zigzag i'm i'm relatively inconsistent now and i and i like that i'm a fair weather rider i'd say at this point <laughs> i really like it i mean yeah, that's actually that yeah it's something that uh you have in common with basically most of the people that are riding the bike and that's nice <laughs> instead of having exactly the classic yeah. brick i mean how do you call them uh building blocks of the season with some picks yeah. it's yeah, it's yeah a bit different yeah, yeah. Uh, let's talk about then content we we're saying so basically your first production started in the years of in the 2021 and everything related to that 
But I want to make a bit more of a conversation, even if I saw a lot of evolution also on your side, but a bit of a conversation of what's out there and what are you actually producing? Because the thing that actually I can see around, it's, uh, I mean, my perspective, happy, super happy, if you think that I'm saying not something that is completely correct, but the thing that I see outside now is that most of the YouTube things uh, are basically, cycling YouTube things are basically a classic thing, especially when the person who is shooting and producing is also the person who is publishing. Basically, first-person kind of camera talking about what they did today with really consistent and periodical videos from time to time, once a day. And basically, the 2020, 2020, 2023, that, I mean, in the year 2020 is the classic way of doing videos, is short videos daily with a camera on you and talking about the ride and maybe from time to time something that, I mean, annoys me and that's the thing that annoys me. Also using a language that is a bit too aggressive for my, for my soul, but that's one thing. While on the other side, they can see other producers like you, I mean, we can really mention uh, a handful of them. I mean, you are one of those with your signature scenes as well, anyways. Or, for example, Ryan, Ryan Legarak is another one. It's a bit moving the camera on the other side, not pointing it on you. And by pointing it to you, I mean all the content that you can say is first person, what I did, what I do, what I think, a bit more of what's around me and what's defined me in from from the outside, let's say. It, was it always like this? Because probably your first videos were a bit more on the classic direction because it's what you are exposed every day in terms of content production, but then you made your own style. So tell me more about that. Yeah, I mean, I like uh, if I'm if I'm honest, like I'm I'm super new to all of this uh, and I don't really know where where I fit into it all. Um, but I definitely think that. Um, there's a, there's a like you say there's a formula that a lot of people follow um and it works i mean it gathers together an audience it um you know people people i think there's there's something really um underrated in the consistency of uh storytelling um if people were able to consistently put put out um content and build a community and a and a long sort of storyline uh, based off of these sort of short very personal videos um, but for me that's not that doesn't excite me because you can't get as creative you can't dive deeper into the reasons why you're making a film um, I am constantly frustrated with my ability to um, create what it is that I want to create I always create something that's not quite what I had in mind uh, I always um, come away from a project thinking I don't like that anymore. <laughs> I like I liked it when I started. I don't like it anymore. Um, but I've, from what I've heard, that's quite common. You know, people, people. There are a lot of people who are the same. You know, you're watching when you're editing something. You're watching something hundreds of times, thousands of times, um, and you're going to get bored of it, and you're going to see its imperfections more than you see, uh, kind of what it is that you're creating but yeah i think um for me personally and um alongside uh baru who's uh, a good friend of mine who's riding around the world we kind of both want to go in the direction um of um making stories um 
about uh, traveling and about using the bike as a mode of transport and what it is that you see, the people that you come across and considering everybody's uh, opinions on different topics uh, and giving those opinions um, a pl- uh, like a, a, um, a platform, um, a platform that we don't have yet, <laughs> um, but uh, we would like to build. And I think that uh, that requires um, less of us talking about ourselves and our experiences and more kind of um, like you say, turning the camera around and showing it is showing what we see when we travel by bike through a country. Um, Of course, I think there's an, there's some extremes. Um, I really, really like Ryan's work. I I love, love his work. Um, And I think it's great and really peaceful. It's like meditation. You know, you're just watching um, things uh, occur with, with very little explanation. I think um, I really like that, but I think we, me and Baru, would like to add a little more um, sort of uh, direction and structure um, to kind of, I think, to to, to kind of make a a series of videos um, with, Baru's very, very, he's he's into writing, um, and so he's very uh, articulate, with with his his feelings and with uh, locations and experiences that he's had, um, so yeah, we'd like we'd like to combine forces in that sense and, and be able to narrate some of the um, uh, pieces of content that we put out. But uh, to put it simply, uh, we are just going to sort of take it trip by trip. Um, like my my next adventure off to Kenya. Um, uh, we'll make some make some short videos and test out a few different things um, and just see what sticks, see what we enjoy. And if we like creating um, certain uh, styles, then that's what we'll do, whether whether other people like it or not. I, I hope that I can sort of stick to my stick to my um, style and, and, and keep doing what I'm doing. And that's that's obviously where where Ryan's very um, inspirational because he's able to. Um, keep producing these amazing pieces of content um uh and stick really stick to his style and it's very obvious whenever you watch it it's it's so obvious like i could tell you in seconds that it's ryan absolutely um and uh, i really really like that about his work yeah 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 um it makes really i mean it makes really a lot of sense i can completely understand also when you're saying giving a bit more of structure or telling the story of people by using also the let's say I don't want to say super harshly things, but a script I can completely understand and actually realize also by watching your um, mind mapping mo- uh, film that you made with, with Buru. I can completely see actually the definition of the film was made through the uh, the feelings, the str- I mean the feelings and the thoughts and the streaming that Buru was doing, but still, I mean accompanying it going together with uh, everything that was happening around so something that was introspective but also external what was happening and i could see definitely the combination between your style and his writing there around but that's my question that i want to ask you there so uh you uh Mboru, i mean you went alive with the episode number one of mind mapping and this was a bit more let's say of a long form documentary i would say and 
I mean, is it going to be a series? Because, I mean, it's written quite clearly on the title number one. And how many of them are going to be? <laughs> uh, yeah, so so the idea more generally is to make um, uh, series. Um, like from, from, from trips, it would be nice to come away with sort of um, very topical videos. Uh, so you go away to somewhere take for example um trip to kenya um it'd be nice to come away from that trip with maybe three or four top very topical um videos uh, i'm yet to i feel quite it feels quite odd before going now to to know those topics um but in my mind there's sort of definitely one about um the the fact it's the home of champions you know it's it's where kipchoge um is is training uh and where there's a huge running scene i think there's definitely a story there there's definitely a story about the team amani housing uh and uh the pump track that they're building there and um salim john joffrey uh all living there um and charles so yeah there's there's these sort of very topical stories and i'd like to come away with shorter shorter um um form uh videos that kind of tell like a, a four part four four or so part um story about a location or a place or a trip um but with this Baru with mind mapping um it's very we we, we uh it's very different there's so many experiences that he's having every day it's very Absolutely. hard to kind of like yeah. um narrow it down to kind of these um individual films but yeah, we did, we thought, okay, if we did a, a part one and then I came out to see him somewhere in the middle of his trip for part two and we, we kind of um, took a different approach to the storyline, a bit more about his experiences on the trip, the encounters that he has with other people um, and uh, the kind of day-to-day uh, -day life of it rather than the reasons why he's doing it and kind of the setting off on a trip, which obviously was the part one. Um and uh and then one maybe when he's coming back um and the feelings of coming home and coming back through europe and being back in recognizable um surroundings uh and so i mean in my head at this point it's three parts um but so much has happened since i left him in turkey to when i'll see him again so it's like what do you do with all of that like middle section Obviously, Baru has a very his his Instagram account is amazing. You know, he's, he's, he's posting loads of great photos, mm. a lot of videos from his phone. But I would quite like to find a way to almost make a interlude, like a kind of or like a a middle um, filler video where it's kind of um, him narrating what the last months have been like uh, over in um, in Asia, where he's sort of had all of these he's, he's sort of found himself on the trip he's found his routine and his rhythm so um we'll see it might be might end up being like five parts but two of the parts are very short sort of um transitional videos um but i'm quite we're, we're both quite flexible with it he, he he i mean to begin with he said he'd be back in april so and he's and he's gonna be he's gonna be around about a year rather than coming back in april um as in like so he'll be he'll be back in september um so you know everything's very flexible and i'm 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 enjoying that flexibility as well we'll just see how it goes make what's what make what we want to make and and um and just yeah as long as we're keeping ourselves busy then uh 
then it'll be good. <laughs> I mean, I love actually this flexibility is a topic that is coming back and forth in our in our conversation. But that's the thing, right? And also flexibility, it's also part of the learning process that we defined at the beginning of learning by doing. I mean, on the go, you try to understand what's the best solution. Solution. What's the best way of telling a story? And then you apply your knowledge that you learned in other projects around that. It's not needed to have kind of a... Yeah, something like a blocker, but in this case, a fixed structure in order to do that. But being flexible, you can really probably take out the best of the story that you want to tell. Yeah, and I would like to think that eventually I'll find a, a bit of a, a my own formula, my own style like Ryan. Um, and uh, it will be recognizable and it will be uh, reliable and people can think, oh, yeah, I'll go onto that um, platform and I will... Uh, I can sit and watch the last sort of three episodes of, uh, and they'll know exactly what they're going to come and get. You know, they'll, because that's, that, that, that's what, that's what, um, it, at the end of the day, that's what people want as, as their entertainment. They want it to be reliable and entertaining. Um, and I'd like to think that I'll get to that point eventually. But for now, whilst I don't know really what I'm doing, <laughs> if I'm completely <laughs> honest, you know, you, you, you sort of, just learning on the go you're, you're, you're picking up these different skills and learning how to do things better um i think at this point it's better me just trying lots of different ways in which you can create some form of creative output and seeing which ones i enjoy the most seeing which ones uh, stick seeing which ones other people enjoy the most because that's definitely it's definitely a, a factor i think a lot of people say just make what you want to make but i think there's a there's a, it's a two-way two-way road um and uh if other people enjoy if you're inspiring more people with 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 one particular um style of of uh content creation then i think that's definitely got to be a consideration um because i take a lot of um like the messages we got from the mind mapping film you know that people saying i've struggled with this or i've been through something similar um uh referring to bruise mental health there um uh, that was very rewarding, and Absolutely. Uh, I think that's def that's definitely an element uh, for us. Is that um, we want to make people something people will enjoy. That's super nice. That's a good point, but I want to slightly touch base on what you were saying before. So, what mm -hmm. you enjoy doing? I, you were telling me a lot of times. I mean, you are just in the exploration phase. You are super young. Even if I remember that, I was reading this article still talking about Alvento from uh, my friend Federico Damiani. You know him, I think, yeah? Yep. And he was, I know him, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I think uh, you met him once at the... Um, it was the Traca or something like this? And yes. he was writing in the article, he was writing, yes, and there we met also Finley, and he basically... Really? Slid, I didn't yeah. realize. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, if I find the piece, I'm going to send you a photo. And he was saying something yeah, like, yeah, yeah. And there we met also Finley, that he's 20 years old, but did more things that we did at 30. And it's exactly what you're doing. You're doing so many things that actually I can understand that you're still in discovery yeah. phase. But I mean, yeah, uh, where was where was I before making this mention? Yes. Um, I mean, what you like, actually, what, what's your phase? What do you like to do? Because we have the example of long, um, I mean, something like long form documentaries, like the mind mapping. And I have also in mind something that I really like from your work that is uh, the, little, the little real video that you did for the, the Further East. 
So it was actually all this scene of uh, the event, the riders uh, coming along, and then uh, your super distinctive uh, camera moves, and then the interview with Camille. That's another piece of content that is super enjoyable, but it's a short one. I mean, it's super compressed and condensed piece of content that tells most of the story with feelings and everything. And then you are like the long form that is definitely a different thing. Where your um, attitude, I would say, or um, I mean, uh, the time that you're spending, your the, your talent, where do you want actually to apply more than, I mean, you can do, of course, whatever you want because your talent is there. But what do you enjoy more doing? Thank you. Um, I, I find short form video very confusing. Um, I find the whole atmosphere uh, around um, reels and TikTok, uh, yeah, quite quite confusing. I enjoy consuming it. I love silly dog videos and and uh, you know people people f- falling off. I don't know. You know, I I, I love all the the the, the time wasting that comes with with TikTok and reels um, to a certain extent. <laughs> I, a, I have to say that I need to do it as well. I need actually really to put a block in there <laughs> yeah, because it's yeah. going crazy. But where I where I fit into that, I have no no idea. I enjoy, um, you know, I, I I have I've done quite a few bits of work now for Albion uh, on their short short form content. I enjoy working with them on that, and I'm learning so much from the way that they uh, run their run their business but also um what they want to inspire people to do i really align with their um with their ethos um but uh i don't really see myself if i ever were to get into the short form stuff it would be to promote the long form stuff you know it would be to try and encapsulate almost trailer like videos to um engage people into the story that i'm trying to tell and then it sort of pushes people on to a to a longer form video that really shows um uh what it is that i want to show because i more and more really enjoy the slow slower more uh intentional um content where you're 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 making someone i think there's a really um important tipping point from a piece of content that someone's going to watch on the toilet or uh, eating their breakfast <laughs> to someone's a piece of, to, to the length or style of a co- piece of content that someone's going to sit down. They're going to load YouTube up on their TV or their laptop and they're going to sit with headphones in and they're going to watch it with no distractions. And I would like to tip onto that side where people are really watching it, engaging in it and um, uh, making sure that they understand what's going on um so yeah that's that's the style of content i would like to make is 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 something that you know people will take time to watch uh if i can do that then i'll be happy no yeah i can completely understand that uh it makes i mean a lot of sense and i can actually definitely see it from uh from your style the thing that actually i usually define on when and how you are consuming the content or better watching what you want to watch is if you watch vertically or horizontally, so portrait or landscape. That's the the basically way you were mentioning before. Also, that um, are you watching your content or your videos and everything when you're doing breakfast or you are in the toilet or you're taking your time? 
that's uh, that's I mean uh, absolutely what it is, and I can, can definitely see also as I was mentioning before with your short video with Albion um, for the further east. Even if it's a short one, I think it's one minute or one minute to 15 seconds, stuff like this. That's already super dense of content. And I think that actually I had to watch it two or three times and take my time to watch it because I can definitely see that actually into your content is not something, there's no placeholders. It's everything a huge space where you are, if not learning for sure, absorbing something from the thing. Yeah, I think, I think uh, somewhere I mean, to be honest, I'm not, I'm not uh, uh, educated or like I don't know this topic very well. Um, but I do think that if brands can offer um, some form of um, informational content um, through short form, I think that that's the most, one of the most valuable um, uh, ways of um, communicating with their their, their audience um, I think Albion are doing that really well with kind of their repair kit um, videos and inspiring people in in, in very productive ways um, when when uh, brands try and kind of go viral I think it just ends up getting a bit cringy very quickly um, absolutely uh, so yeah I, I I don't really know where that whole um, area of the internet is going but uh, I think it, it it's very popular, and um, you know, if if people spend a lot of time on on short form content, and so there's definitely uh, a market there. But I don't know if it's for it's a market that I want to uh, be involved in. Um, not not like not for any reason other than I prefer creating long form content. Uh, it excites me more to be able to tell a full story rather than a um, a kind of very compressed cut down story um, so yeah, yeah. long form content for the win i mean i've been producing podcasts of two hours for all my life so i know absolutely what to mean <laughs> um quickly on this other point because we talked uh, talked a lot about cycling we talked a lot about content and uh, i mean your content production let's say gravitates around it quite a bit but I was, again, uh, seeing what's happening on your um, Instagram account and everything. And what you told me, you were actually here in Switzerland doing a project with Marin. By the way, shout out to Marin. Hi. Um, and actually, I was checking that you were doing also some, uh, some skiing in that period. Zooming a bit out of that. So is it going to be all the, or at least at the moment, what do you have in mind? What's your plan or whatever? What's your feeling? Um, is Finley be, will Finley be related to, with this content to cycling mostly in his life? Or you can project yourself on doing something uh, else out of it? And uh, I mean, maybe not cycling, but the general sports. Or you can visualize yourself and you can project yourself also on doing some different contents in the future. Yeah, I mean, well, f firstly, you could call it skiing um, <laughs> or you could call it uh, sliding down a hill on my bum. I know what you mean. <laughs> um, uh, that, was a, that was an amazing experience and sort of uh, was, yeah, you know, it's you, you've hit the nail on the head in the fact that I'm... This year, I want to try as many different um, kind of outdoor activities as time allows. Um, and that was ticking one off the 
off the list very early. Um, I was super lucky to have Marin to take me up the mountain and Marin to nurse me down it. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I was so far out of my comfort zone, but I loved it so much. And I've got this sort of new interest. I was, I was telling Marin actually um, just a week ago or so uh, that I've been watching tons of like mount ski mountaineering videos on youtube and for me that's what it's about it's like um i i see i want to in the in the, like the next few years i want to see the the bike as a mode of transport a bit more pull the attention away from um using you know uh this group set these bags these wheels because because at the end of the day um i there's enough people doing that you know uh I I, I I watch and consume other people doing it, but I don't particularly uh, feel like there's a need for me to do it as well. Um, and I would like to focus a bit more on the um, other elements of a trip, you know, um, just seeing, like I say, using the bike as a mode of transport. Um, but there's obviously, there's other sports that are great in the outdoor industry. Um, and being a cyclist, I've never engaged too much in anything other than riding. Um, but I'd love to do a walking trip. I'd love to do some trail running. I'd love, I love the ski mountaineering. I thought that was just incredible. Yeah. Um, you know, climbing would be, uh, um, quite far out my comfort zone because I have some, some dodgy shoulders, but, um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, there's, there's so many amazing sports out there that are similar and have the same sort of energy as bikepacking, same sort of, um, community. Um, and I want to, explore them all and, and and watching all these ski mountaineering films i realized that there's a different style coming from all of these different sports like you've got surf and skate which traditionally have brought have been sort of the coolest uh if you if, yeah. if you ask most people um and then you've got this ski mountaineering which is very sort of nature-based very um kind of uh um technical products you've got these extremely skilled slightly uh psychotic people <laughs> um going up these crazy mountains and so, so they're all got these different ways of um creating media and i find um involving myself in as many of those will like surely that can only help make better content in cycling uh and i think i'll always come back to cycling i think i don't know yeah but, you know I love it and, and I feel comfortable on a bike to the extent where um, I can push myself quite hard and I can try new things on a bike because I feel so comfortable. Um, but I would like to explore around, um, try as many different other sports, involve myself in their media um, and see uh, what I can then bring back to to cycling, if anything. And, you know, I might find a sport that I prefer and spend more time doing, but I'm yeah. Being open to that is definitely part of the plan for the next, for the foreseeable future. That's perfect. Talking about plans, what's next, Finley? You told us already that you're going to be in Kenya soon, but then. Yeah. So I've, I, I've got a um, shoot that I'm doing in Kenya, uh, which I just decided, I, I think it will be maybe three or four days of shooting. And I was like, I'm going to go for a month. <laughs> That's the way. Um, yeah. So um, I've, I've been to Kenya a few times now for the migration gravel race, but I've never 
stayed in one place or um, not been in sort of some form of organized trip. Um, and so I'm very keen to just spend some time out there um, with some friends, good friends, Joffrey uh, and John and their, and Charles, and then meeting some of the new Imani riders like uh, Salim um, and just see what it's like, see what, you know, life at 2,400 meters in E10 will be like. Um, there's going to be lots of runners and I think it sounds like a very interesting place. So that's trip number one. Super, super excited for that. Um, then I plan um, on riding down to Tracker, um, but that's pretty flexible, you know. Uh, if I've got time, I will do that. Okay. Um, but you're still taking... That would be a couple of weeks of bikepacking. But you're still taking part to the track as well, or this is also flexible? It's not planned? Uh, yeah, I mean... If if I'm honest, I haven't signed up. I probably should. So, <laughs> okay. All I mean, Oli uh, told me that we're gonna do it together, but it was a couple of months ago. Okay. So. Well, there you go. I'm doing it. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Well, I, it sounds as though I should have signed up then. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well. Okay. The the mode of transport to tracker is yet to be confirmed. But, but you're I gonna bike pack bike. there. I mean, here you're saying something that is quite of a statement on the record. So yeah. <laughs> Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. I don't want to glue myself to it, but but that that is what I have in my head. Um, yeah. There's also a, a poten potential walking trip between now and then. Um, but again, you know, super super flexible. But I'm keen to do this this walking trip. It's with Martine, who I was working with last year through um, the Ride Beyond crew. Which yes. Is the, yes, the, yes. The group of riders that I was with. Um, we both just decided be quite cool to do a walking trip again doing a bit of different uh different outdoor industry and see, see, seeing what what benefits and drawbacks there are to walking compared to cycling um, yes can't wait to see we, that we uh yeah yeah that, that that should be fun um the idea is to do it in the Faroe islands uh so i i'm, I'm quite interested in their myths and tales of uh of of, of the islands because apparently there's quite a few sort of obscure stories as to uh the the myths out there um yeah. and then uh going out to see buru um uh, wherever he is in may i'll i will go and join him for a couple of weeks uh the um i mean where he'll be i have no idea at this point um but the idea is or the, the initial idea was that he'd be in Peru. So um, that would be cool. <laughs> uh, some bikepacking with him, maybe maybe do an ultra race uh, if 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 it lines up perfectly with, in terms of timing. But that's, yeah. that's a big if. Um, and yeah, from there, uh, most likely going back to the migration race to shoot uh, and evolution race whilst I'm over there. Mm -hmm. um i just those those races it'll be hard to miss a year uh for me which is a luxury thing to be able to say but luckily i'm in a position now whereby i can uh manage to get myself out there um this time probably not to ride because i do need to work to be able to do that mm -hmm. um but uh it would be i would i would be kicking myself if i was sitting at home and watching you know those races happen um, because that's just so special. Absolutely, and, uh, I've been been to 
been to them uh, twice and it's just like, you know, come all back from both of them and just thought, what an amazing trip, uh, especially Evolution. Um, such a special, uh, such good memories there. Um, it'll be it'll be hard to return, I think, with, uh, with Sule uh, not there, but I think everybody will be... Uh, knowledgeable of that and uh looking forward to doing it in his uh in his name um Absolutely. so yeah, yeah that'll be a nice, that, i mean i think that that's something nice that is gonna glue up a lot of uh, you people being there this year uh, i mean doing the race and with the memory of sule being there and uh i mean yeah doing it in its own way in your way as well if it makes sense what i'm saying something like remembering yeah, yeah. him but doing it in your way but still with the I mean, absor- having absorbed all the teaching and the spirit and everything that he had. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, yeah, that that would be nice, I think, to be there for that. Um, and uh, then from there, that, this makes it sound like I've planned my whole year, but... You it's know, half a uh, year for now. A lot now. of it's flexible. Exactly. It's just half a year. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So it's, it's, we'll leave oh, it there. <laughs> you have a lot of space there. <laughs> yeah. That's great. Exactly. That, yeah, yeah. And then, you know, from there, I'll just be twiddling my thumbs until Peru gets home. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, yeah, makes sense. <laughs> Perfect. No, I, uh, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, exciting year ahead. I can't wait, actually, to see still. I mean, I really hope that we can cross paths again this uh, this year and see. And oh, anyways, yeah. I will actually Definitely. be happy to, I mean, to see you again, ride a bike maybe once uh, together, because this time we didn't do it. Uh, I mean, yes, in 2021, yeah. we did it a couple of times in the different uh, places of the of the pack, of course, as usual, but would be awesome. <laughs> but I can see and I can't wait actually also to see what is coming out from your, um, how would you say that? Something like um, production machine that you are. I mean, Camille, let's see what whatever can come out from your uh, yeah creativity machine and see actually, I mean, also developing with you seeing what's you're developing and also listen to the stories that you're putting out there this is the most important thing probably yeah i, I i'm i'm intrigued as well because i don't know quite what what form it's going to come in <laughs> that's amazing i mean it's uh, that's really super good well thanks a lot then Fidley. i don't know do you want anything else uh, do you want to add anything else i mean the show is yours as it was for the full time no no just just uh thank you so much for having me on it's it's quite um you know, I'm 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 young, and so it's it's interesting looking back because actually my experiences uh, are are limited in in the in the scheme of things. But I hope that you know people people that listen um, can see that you know making a few um, decisions has has left me in a good 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 place to be able to explore and and. Um, try riding a bike in a slightly different way it doesn't have to be as as serious as as uh as some people make it out to be and uh there's lots of ways to enjoy spending your time outside that's absolutely the thing and i really like actually exactly this point for me making this podcast and producing this podcast is trying to pull out as much as inspiration as i can and also on the other side that this is not only that's why actually the first pillar that i'm saying all the time is inclusion because there is not only one way of doing things there is not cycling all in one way there's not only content in one way there's not being outdoor only on the bike there are a lot of things out there and one thing doesn't exclude another thing so you can still be a pro cyclist for example and create some good content or on the other side you can still have an amazing adventure 
and as well not being on the bike and everything around that. And I think that actually your way of telling your story and also giving your opinions and point of view shows this one and tells exactly the story. And I'm pretty, pretty happy that actually we kicked off, kicked off this season exactly with somebody who is super young, but already with a lot of experience and with no fear of exploring something new. Yeah, I'm excited for what's to come. Thank you very much for having me. Thanks, Philly. It was a great pleasure. Cheers. Now you know why I always start new seasons with cool people. I mean, I think everybody is super cool. Everybody who is taking part to this podcast, but people that I really value a lot and I like to be first episode of the season are just special. Thanks, Finlay, to make this happen. I can't wait to see all your adventures and documentaries and documentation that you're going to take out from your adventure this year. And best of luck, of course, for your next steps. Everybody out there, thanks a lot for following me and thanks a lot for arriving actually at one hour and 20 minutes more or less also for this episode. I hope you enjoyed it. And if you arrived till here, probably it's a good idea for you of dropping some coins on the coffee link down in the description below. Share, subscribe, comment in any of the platform that you are using for listening to this podcast. And again, just a reminder, if you want, just... The, think about donating a bit to UNICEF with supporting at this moment massively all the kids and their family that were affected by the earthquake down in Turkey and Syria. I will talk to you in a couple of weeks, maybe before, maybe after. Stay tuned. <laughs>